This is Mary Celeste Bell. Welcome to the Blackberry Podcast, where we'll dive into stories and knowledge of the incredible people that are part of the Blackberry story. You'll hear from longtime friends, amazing visiting personalities, and our own inspired team members. Today's episode takes our Kitchen Conversations series to Blackberry Mountain for a talk between Andy Chabot and executive chef of Three Sisters, Joey Edwards. From discovering an early love of food while cooking for his seven siblings, to backpacking through Africa and Europe, get a glimpse into the journey that brought Joey to Blackberry. Hello. I'm Andy Chabot, and with this episode, our Chef Interview Series brings us to Blackberry Mountain. Today, I'm sitting down with the PM Executive Chef of Three Sisters, Joey Edwards. Hello, Joey. Hello. Well, thank you for your time today. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah, totally. Let's just dive into you a little bit, um, because I know you, I've worked with you uh, your whole time at Blackberry, but uh, how did you get into culinary arts? Well, I, um, I grew up in a big house. Um, lots of siblings and my mom was a good cook, but she didn't enjoy cooking. So I found early on that I did enjoy cooking and my mom was uh, very quick to let me (laughs) to kind of take that off of her plate. Nice. Um, How many, how many siblings? I have four younger brothers, an older brother and two older sisters. Oh wow. So one of eight. Yeah. Three of them are adopted. Um, cool. Yeah. So lots of, um, Lots going on there. Yeah. And where did where did you grow up? Um, predominantly in North Carolina, the wow. Raleigh-Durham area. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you started cooking at home. Your mom said, thanks, perfect, you can do this now. Yeah. And then you just kept doing it? Yeah, and I just kind of enjoyed it, and I would watch like the Food Network and stuff like that. I've always really been into art and creative things, and this was just kind of like another expression of that. But I didn't know that I wanted to do it professionally until... I got to around 17 or 18, and my parents were like, all right, what do you want to do with your life? What are you going to do? <laughs> and my answer was join a band. And they said, well, that's fun, but what are you going to do? <laughs> all right. And you know, for um, money and things. <laughs> yeah. I think it was my dad, actually, that was like, what about culinary school? And it had never even crossed my mind. Um, so we ended up touring some different culinary schools. Um, I settled on the Le Cordon Bleu uh, culinary school in Orlando, Florida. Nice. And seemed like a good fit for me and moved down there at, yeah. at 18. Yeah. Wow. That's great. You were in a band, though, leading up to that? Uh, like, you could say that. You had a band? You know, you no, one, of... no one had ever heard of us. Got you. I think we played like two live shows. That's fun. What did you yeah. play? What did I, you... I play guitar. You play guitar? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, so you, you went to Orlando, 18. <laughs> had you worked professionally in a kitchen? Nope. Wow. Um, yeah. And I found out quick that culinary school has a really high dropout rate. A lot of people think they like cooking at home and then go to culinary school and realize what a professional kitchen is like and change their mind. Right. Um, But for me, it was the exact opposite. When I found out what it was like to work in a kitchen, like that high pace, high intensity, while also being able to be creative, it was like a perfect fit for me. Cool. Yeah. So what's the program like at Le Cordon Bleu? Is it, it's a two-year program and it's intensive, I assume? Yeah, two-year program. They call it like a like a expedited program. Um, so kind of cover a lot in those two years. Is that short for no time off? Is that what that <laughs> no, sort of we, means? We actually got time off. It wasn't too bad. Um, huh. I think they were trying to increase the value of the program. I see. Okay. Truly. But yeah, so. So is uh, it like start at the basics and then you kind yeah. of work up through different um, 
skill sets or, or things like that? Right. Kind of if you cover your culinary basic, basics, your, um, do your stocks and sauces, um, your butchery classes, garmage class, and then kind of into like the modern cuisine classes and international cuisine, that sort of thing. Got you. Got you. So anything that you loved or found that you loved in that that you hadn't even seen before? Yeah, definitely. Really liked the modern cuisine. Yeah. Um, I thought that that was super interesting and not something I really saw um, growing up in North Carolina. Right. <laughs> what kind of stuff? Was that like the era, like Ferran Adria in Spain? And so they were trying to, you know, like molecular gastronomy kind of stuff? Yeah, it kind of touched on that. But for me, like the really interesting part was the different ingredients. Like seeing wow. ingredients that I'd never seen before. Gotcha. Um, stuff that, you know, like restaurants in New York and California were using that just hadn't made it to the South. Right. Um, and a lot of those things were there. Just hadn't really made it into the restaurant scene, if that makes sense. It, yeah. Yeah, it totally does. I mean, especially at a place that's local and, and what have you. And, you know, people going to North Carolina for Southern food. Right. You know, um, not to see that. I, I can understand. Okay. So mm-hmm. you graduated, I assume. I did, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and when was that? Oh, gosh, that was 2011, I believe. Okay, yeah. graduate in 2011. And then what did you do? So um, while I was in culinary school, I got a job at a barbecue restaurant. Oh. Um, it was kind of an entry-level position. It was a small barbecue place, um, no indoor seating, and it was an old uh, tire shop. Cool. Um, but the cool thing is this place blew up, and it gained like a huge following in, in Florida, Um I think they have like a dozen shops around Florida wow. um, now. Yeah, there'd be like a line down the street for this barbecue. So I learned really quick what high volume was. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I was doing that. But, um, you know, like I was saying, like in culinary school, I was seeing all these different ingredients and stuff yeah. that was really um, fun and exciting. And barbecue was kind of something I grew up with and second nature to me. Um, so I started uh, staging at what I thought was the best restaurant in Orlando at the time. Uh-huh. And so just on my days off, I would work there for free. And uh, they didn't offer me a job, but they were like, if you want to keep coming out and like hanging out with us. Um, you can keep working for free. You can keep working for free. <laughs> and for me, that was like, are you kidding me? You, you're going to allow me to be in your yeah. kitchen? For them, I'm sure like, yeah, you can peel shrimp for us or for whatever. <laughs> um, but so I worked there. And then when I graduated culinary school, they offered me a job to do my, cool. my internship there. And it was really cool because I kind of turned into everyone's little brother at the restaurant. Nice. So like all these cooks that I thought, you know, were like gods in my eyes, like super talented um, cooks. I was like all of their their younger brother. And um, they would have me just kind of they throw all sorts of weird stuff at me and just kind of see how I handle it. So I remember one night um, a guy's wife was going into labor and I was I was a stage. I was working for yeah. free. Um, he was working the hot app station, which is arguably probably the busiest station in the kitchen. And uh, the chef comes up to me and is like, I hope you're taking notes because you're going to be closing the station. <laughs> and he ended up having to leave to go to the hospital. And I ended up like working the station that night, which is definitely not legal, I think. now. But <laughs> um, it was a really fun kitchen. And I was just like so wide eyed and yeah. excited to be there. Was it uh, like a standalone restaurant? Like At the time it was. Kind um, of a thing? They ended up opening two more restaurants cool. after that. So you did that, and you got a job there after you graduated, and you yeah. stayed there? Yeah, and I then... stayed there for a couple of years. Okay. And then what? So while I was there, um, you know, we had our stack of cookbooks in the restaurant. Um, it was an open kitchen, so, you know, everything looked pretty nice. We yeah. had, like, all these cookbooks on display and extra pickles and all that kind of stuff. There was a Blackberry Farm cookbook there. Huh. Um, and so I kind of had heard of Blackberry Farm from that, and, like, 
at this time, I was just so interested in everything going on in the culinary world. So yeah. I was always in those cookbooks and, um, you know, if someone had a new cookbook, they'd bring it in and we'd be looking at like the EMP cookbooks and all these things. And so I heard of Blackberry um, and I had a friend that mentioned it. It's like, this sounds like something you'd be really into, like Southern food, but it has the farm and all this kind of stuff. And um, I had worked every station at the restaurant at that point. And the sous chefs that were there were kind of in their in their spot, not going anywhere. Yeah. And um, everyone's kind of like, Joey, if you want to do something else, like we fully support you. Like you should go to Blackberry. And again, like felt like their little brother. And they were like, yeah. yo, do this. Like you should you should go and like take the next step. Oh, cool. Um, so the executive chef actually wrote a cover letter for me and sent it off to Blackberry. Um, and I think they told me to apply online. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to me, I just remember like getting that package like already with my cover letter and my resume and everything and sending it off. And I was so excited. And I was like, yeah, great. We got that. <laughs> so that was in what, 2013? 2013, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that you got a, someone said, you know, fill out an application online. Yeah. Then you got an interview. Yeah, Who'd I, you talk to at first? Um, I don't remember who it was in HR, but um, scheduled a stage. Um, really soon. Yeah. I had two days off and I um, ended up getting a flight up to Tennessee, staging that day and then flying back flying the next back. day. Um, I was so excited. Yeah. So I was like, like, let me go as soon as I can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Joseph Lynn was the chef at the time. Um, the first person I met when I walked through the door was Cassidy. Um, and she was the a sous chef at the time? The or she senior sous chef, executive okay. sous chef. Executive yeah. sous chef, yeah. yeah. Um, and like, immediately just Cassie's big personality. She's like got me a coffee and gave me a tour of the restaurant and then the farm. And, um, I was just like sold. Yeah. Immediately. Cool. Yeah. So, and they had a job opening for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Eventually, um, actually didn't hear anything for a while and it was like, I think a month and I, um, ended up quitting my job already. And, um, I was staying with a friend and then uh, I got an opportunity to go out to California. So I spent some time in California for a couple of weeks. Cool. And it was it was out there, actually, that I got a, a message, um, a job offer from BlackBerry. So, um, and that was to be a line, a line cook? Yeah, started on Garmage. Garmage in the mm -hmm. barn. Yeah. Cool. So 2013, yeah. still, then yeah. you started as a line cook in the barn. Mm -hmm. Fun. And then where'd you go from there? You worked through all the stations and yeah. thing, so, things evolved? and Yeah, I um, worked Garmage for a while and then... Yeah, kind of did the the natural progression, went on to fish and entremet and grill. And um, it was really cool because I just felt like I'd never stopped learning with all the guest chefs that were coming through Blackberry. And, and then especially when Cassie took over, too, it was just like even more people to learn from. Right. Um, so that was, was 2015? Yeah, I guess early Cassidy, 2015 she took over. Joseph mm -hmm. went to open his own place and Cassidy took over. And mm -hmm. and did that open up a sous chef position at that time? Um, no, not yet. Um, so at that time, I was getting married. And so we had talked about traveling for a while. And um, it was kind of something that we both knew we wanted to do. Um, my wife had already traveled a lot. And um, she had a lot of places she wanted to take me. And then we had other places we wanted to go. So... Um, it was actually right before Joseph put in uh, or told us all that um, he was moving on to open his own thing. I told him that I was going to leave in like three months and he seemed really chill about it. I remember being like, oh, okay. <laughs> this guy's pretty cool. And then, then the next week he announced that he was going to open his own restaurant. I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's funny. But then, and then, yeah, Cassidy took over for like the last like two months that I was there and I was just like, wow, this is like another person just to gain so much yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Um, insight on the whole culinary role from so that was really exciting 
Uh, but we had already made up our mind to travel. Right. And that was something that we really wanted to do. And um, so we got married in 2015 and we bought tickets to um, Senegal and West Africa. Wow. And no return tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of brave. And I mean, what you, was there just no plan or was the plan to just the plan was to not have a plan, I guess. Yeah. Essentially we, um, we'd saved up some money and we said when our bank accounts got to this number, um, we would start looking at how to get back. And then we were also kind of, you know, doing some searching ourselves of what we wanted the rest of our lives to look like too. And we thought that backpacking across Africa and Europe would be a good, good way to figure that out. Sure. Um, turns out you're pretty distracted when you're (laughs) traveling (laughs) like that. So we didn't really get a whole lot of insight there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really exciting time. And, um, my wife was in the Peace Corps, so she had lived in Senegal for two years. So that's why that was that's like why the Senegal first spot. Is your jumping off point. Yeah. Got you. All right. So you did that until your bank accounts dictated you do something else. Yeah. And then you came back? Yeah. So it was, um, we were working on a farm in Portugal, actually. Of course um, you were. Yeah. <laughs> and picking lemon thyme. And I'm sorry, picking lemon thyme. Yeah, we worked on a lemon thyme farm. The and, herb. Yeah, lemon thyme. Um, okay, it was an herb farm, but um, you were you a, were in the lemon thyme division, right? <laughs> well, a wildfire had took out like almost his whole farm, oh, and wow. the only thing that was left was lemon thyme. So he was selling it to a tea company. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, so we literally just spent our days picking lemon thyme at this particular spot. Um, and yeah, Cassie messaged me and was like, "I don't know where you are right now, but." <laughs> Whenever you do come back to the States, there's a position open for you. I remember talking with her about that, you know, her being excited that there was an opportunity for Joey. um, And she was like reaching out to you wherever you were. I remember (laughs) it from that side of of the spectrum. That's funny. Sending up a a flare. (laughs) Exactly. Smoke signal. Cool. So you responded and and said, yeah, you know, we'll come back or I'll come back. Yeah. So it was that point of our travel that I think I really like realized that all of our effort is into backpacking and finding out where our next place to stay was going to be and not in a negative way, but just like in an exciting way. And we really hadn't thought or made any headway on what we were going to do when we got back. Um, and again, I was just flattered that Cassidy would want me to come be your sous chef and that this opportunity at Blackberry farm was open. And you know, when I left Blackberry, it was no hard feelings and it's not that I wanted to leave. It was just, we really wanted to do this. So I remember telling Meg, my wife, I was like, I don't think I could ever say no to this opportunity. So we kind of decided like, we're not going to cut our trip short. So if Cassidy was willing to wait, then we would definitely sign on. Yeah. Well, great. So you came back, you came back as a sous chef. Mm -hmm. Where did you go after Portugal? Did you come right back or did you take a... Oh, no. Um, So we went to Spain, um, Italy, Greece, Albania, and then Germany. We flew back from Germany. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, kind of a random group of countries, but there was a reason to be in each place. <laughs> All right, well, that was the whole the whole point. Yeah, exactly. Any, any other outstanding memories, you know, of that trip that... Oh, so I many. Mean, I, I um, assume it sort of has informed a little bit of, of who you are at this point. Definitely, yeah. I was, in total, it's like six months of traveling, so it definitely did. I would say going to northern Spain was probably, like, had the most in, impact on... Um, my culinary point of view. Did it? Did you, you, you? Did you go to some of those kind of well-known restaurants up up through northern Spain, or is it more just the the culture and the people and? and mostly just like smaller places. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, we were like hopping around to farms and stuff like that. So we stayed on this one farm where 
um, had the most amazing chestnut honey I've ever oh, had. Cool. We picked wild porcinis and chanterelles and, um, and then going, we had the ocean right there too. So just having like amazing seafood and everything, it was pretty dreamy. And then we finally made our way to San Sebastian, which is just right. like the culinary mecca. mecca of Spain. Yeah. Um, and eating out all the little pinchos bars and stuff like that was probably the most fun I've ever had in my life. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And does your, I mean, currently in, in, in your cuisine now, which we'll talk about, you know, soon, I suppose, mm. uh, you, you have an obvious love of foraging and, and of wild things. Does it come from that time or is that love of, of those things one of the reasons for your travel? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it was kind of before that, actually. Being in Tennessee is really where it bloomed when we first moved up to Tennessee. Oh, wow. You know, mentioned like weird ingredients and stuff in, in culinary school. And one of those things was like mushrooms that weren't button mushrooms. Sure. Um, seeing like Hint of the Woods and um, morels and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, wait a second. I, how come I didn't know there were other mushrooms that you yeah. could eat that looked like this and tasted like this? And actually growing just like right there. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Florida, they do have wild mushrooms, but it's definitely different and different ones grow there. Um, we did pick some chanterelles, um, while we were there, but it wasn't really until Tennessee that there's like kind of the bounty of nature, like right here from, um, the Smoky Mountains and all the surrounding areas. Oh, cool. So we just kind of, my wife and I both really got into foraging and, um, her mostly like wild plants. Um, right. And, uh, my passion has always been for mushrooms. Got you. Yeah. Got you. And, and she is a, a food and beverage professional also. I mean, she worked at, at Blackberry in the, the wine side of things. Yeah. So she, I mean, where did that love come from? Was it just travel? And, I mean, she's so intelligent seeming, like she picks it up as she goes and is easy to talk to. So she was, I know she was a great psalm. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of a natural um, with like talking and interacting with guests. And then um, I think also her geographical knowledge definitely helps with sure. the whole the wine thing. Yeah. yeah. And she she has her own business now. Yeah. Yeah, she um has her own herbalist or herbalism business. Um she makes like skincare products and um other like wellness kind of products like That's that. Awesome. And also fun stuff like cocktail mixers and stuff. Right. Still plays into the whole beverage side. Really and once you start, you can never stop, it seems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. So from Germany, the two of you came back to Tennessee, you to mm -hmm. take the job with, mm -hmm. with BlackBerry and, and be a sous chef for Cassidy. Yeah. Um, what was that like? It was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite things about BlackBerry has always been, like, the guest chefs that come through. And so it's just never a dull moment. And, like, working with Cassidy was amazing. And then, um, you know, we'd have like every couple of months, like a different chef come yeah. through and it's, it's kind of the dream job in a lot of ways. It's kind of you know, cool. For, yeah. What, what, any chefs that really stand out? I mean, it's oh. kind of a, a rich period of, of time. Yeah. There's definitely been a lot. You know, Sean Brock is such a big deal in the whole, um, well, globally really, but especially for Southern food and yeah. so getting to work with him closely a couple of times was a lot of fun and cool. always learn a lot. Yeah. You, know. you definitely in uh, a very cerebral person in a good way <laughs> absolutely I mean, he's very thoughtful about you know what mm -hmm. he does and what goes what goes into it and he's a hard worker yeah for sure you know too um so and, and he also like the people that he brings with him i feel like i would learn a lot from those guys too yeah the team yeah as you stepped into a more of a management role anything surprise you or anything you realize you didn't know more about the people side of things yeah definitely i feel like i'm constantly learning things um the people side of things, actually one of my favorite parts of being a manager though, yeah. I really like um, building a team. And that was something that 
um, I was really excited about doing. Um, and that's been something I really realized, like I needed to work on a lot too. Yeah. Well, you, you do seem like you're very easy to get along with and maybe that's from being, you know, part of a big family or, <laughs> or something like that, but, but you're a very friendly person and I think, you know, your people skills are, are very obvious. Oh, thank um, you. but I think that's one thing a lot of people that are cooks and then, you know, chefs eventually mm. it's a, a skill they might not have. Not every chef is a really affable person it yeah. seems yeah it's definitely not um the easiest thing to always try to be uh, inspirational <laughs> yeah it's probably impossible but so you're working as a sous chef with with cassidy learning and growing and then i mean i guess it was about a year ago that an opportunity at blackberry mountain um came available so yeah. you were a senior sous chef you had become senior sous chef at mm. the barn mm-hmm. um and the pm executive uh, chef position at Blackberry Mountain became available, and and I think I asked you if you would um, yeah. be interested. Yeah, you and Cassie yeah. in it, and um, I know Cassie was excited. I, I talked to Cassidy first mm-hmm. uh, about it, you know, just saying, you know, I think that we're going to split the AM and the PM services at at this other property. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're thinking that you know we need a, a chef for the PM, and she was like, well, I think it needs to be Joey. I mean, for her, it was, uh, uh, I'm sure she didn't want to see her, you know, kind of her biggest help and, and, and everything, um, you know, biggest support not be there. But I mean, I think she saw that, you know, you had the skill set and, and, um, and also that your food was becoming your own food. Hmm. I think, I think that she might've seen that or, or at least seen that potential. Yeah. Um, and then saw the potential in you, I think. And so she said it needed to be you, and then we talked to you about it. And you said, okay, I think eventually you'd give it a, a try. Yeah. And then um, you were transitioning here in, like, March of 2020. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> dun, was, dun, dun. Exactly. <laughs> which, um, it actually, it ended up being a really interesting time, uh, a terrible time, you know, with COVID. <laughs> sure. And, yeah. and our hotels shut down. We decided mm-hmm. to shut our hotels down because Tennessee said you had to close restaurants and mm-hmm. we can't run our hotels without the restaurant portion. Uh, and so we decided to close down for two months, essentially, but we knew we'd reopen. Mm-hmm. You came here, and I was just actually looking through some photos yesterday of a year ago mm-hmm. and looking through some of the tastings of the first dishes on your menu. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was really cool to look through, but I remember thinking, it's really kind of nice that we have eight weeks of of downtime, essentially, to you open a new menu. <laughs> yeah. So was that a, that was a good time for you? I mean, as far as ability to kind of think about dishes and, and think through stuff? Yeah, for sure. And, and also back to like the Cassidy thing too, of her kind of pushing me along like, that just speaks to like, I've been so fortunate to have great inspirational managers that have yeah. always kind of like wanted to see me succeed. Um, so that's like one thing I definitely want to take from them and kind of make sure remember that. when I'm cultivating my team and everything. That's great. Um, but yeah, so coming up here, it was like, you know, at the time it, it was, it was a scary time and had a lot of uncertainty, but I remember thinking like, man, I don't know how I'd be writing this entire, like three menus. Cause we have a rotating menu. So it's three separate Right. 40 something dishes while also still trying to learn a new property and a new restaurant and a new team and everything. So I was fortunate to be able to take advantage of that downtime um, to really dig into um, this place and 
you know, kind of what the land had to offer and, and come up with a game plan for what I wanted the restaurant to look like <laughs> and kind of, you know, what aligned with what everyone wanted the restaurant to look like. Right, right, right. And in those first menus, I mean, as again, I was looking through the photos the other day. From then until now, how do you feel things have evolved? And is it is it an intentional evolution or... So I would say the original menu was, you talk about like my food having kind of its own identity at the barn, like some of the dishes I was putting on. I would say the dishes from like version one of Three Sisters was very much like barn food in a lot of ways, yeah. like very Southern, trying to branch out with some other fun flavors, but like that's what I was comfortable with and kind of what I knew. Um, lots of forage stuff and, you know, we had a lot of time to forage yeah. last yeah. spring. So we did a lot of that. But I think the food now, you know, as we've gotten busier um, and as we like have the opportunity to have more fun with the menu, I think we've kind of gotten like a, a more like global uh, yeah. inspiration, I think, for the menu. So a lot more kind of influences from all over and me kind of trying to take a step back and say like, you know, I'm from the South and I've grown up in the South and I, I know this food very well, whatever Southern food is. Um but like, I also have experienced like a lot of different cultures and what can I take from that and kind of show people something different. Right. So. And that's sort of a fine line, you know, to walk And And for anyone just listening, when he said whatever Southern food is, he made air quotes, um, because I think it's hard to define Southern food and, you know, all the chefs that I've talked to, mm. um, it's sort of just any food made in the South is yeah. <laughs> sort of Southern <laughs> <Literally>. food. <laughs> and, um, and, but it's sort of a fine line to take those worldly flavors and apply them to, to Southern ingredients and sometimes Southern techniques and, mm. and not have dishes that are out of place, if that yeah. kind of makes sense. I never want a dish to be like a jack of all trades. You know, I don't want it, someone to think like, oh, this is an okay Southern dish um, with Asian flair or an okay Asian dish with Southern flair. I want to make sure it's like, it's always just delicious. So, you know, if we are using some more foreign ingredients, like the goal is always just to make sure that it's the best it can possibly be. Sure. Um, and that we're using ingredients intentionally not just to be like oh well, we want to have like a different like more global appeal but just to be like this dish is real or this ingredient is really awesome so that's why we're going to create this dish right and that's i think that's a challenge and it's one you do you do very well what what do you think has been your sort of your biggest challenge moving over here and, and developing this menu and, and team and, and what have you um what, what has been your biggest challenge that you've yet had to overcome yeah I definitely think, um, you know, a young restaurant, you're figuring out just like the flow of the kitchen and um, what that looks like and what service looks like. And I think just really kind of figuring out like the best way to execute this food. Like we can come up with dishes all day, but just trying to find like the best way to make it the easiest on the cooks and flow the best and so the guests have the best experience in a timely manner. I think that just identifying like how can we fully utilize this amazing kitchen to its fullest. I think that's kind of been the the ongoing thing, like the configuration in the back kitchen changes yeah. all the time. And <laughs> which it's fun though. It's fun to look at it and be like, okay, how can we make this work better? Yeah. And then cooks will be like, hey, this is not working. Like <laughs> I've been tripping over this for months. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, sorry, let's fix it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then unintended consequences of fixing something yeah, sometimes. It's always a domino. <laughs> um so i know in the kitchen here we have kind of an open fire mm -hmm. 
uh, grill, like a grill works, so, you know, open grill. Um, there was an article in our BlackBerry uh, magazine, mm-hmm. um, I think the third issue of that, that there was an article about you and open fire cooking and how you do it here. You also do it at home. Mm-hmm. And you and I and someone else were talking the other day about cooking at home and then like, do you do that kind of a thing? And yeah. you're like, actually, I, I really like to cook at home. Yeah. And, and I know some people kind of get burnt out on it or whatever, but for sure. it seems like you really still have a, a passion for cooking all the time and with fire. Is that, yeah. is that true? Is that- Absolutely. I think that's like next to like, what's your favorite dish? I think yeah. that's like the number one question that people ask chefs is like, do you cook at home? Um, Isn't that an interesting question in itself? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I just asked you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think so. I but I love cooking, and yeah, I, I have a wood fire fire pit in my backyard that I've kind of it's real scrappy. I've just kind of built it with things that I've found and I have, and but it's also like I can do a lot with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really like tailored to um, how I like to cook. Uh, but yeah, like it's my favorite thing to start a fire. Um, early in the day and you know burn down some coals and cook Mm -hmm. things over the coals or like have a rotisserie set up so like throw a rotisserie like something on and then just like as the fire grows and the different little pockets of heat i don't know i kind of geek out on it it's just like fun and then the next thing you know you're out there and drinking wine and hanging out around the fire and it's like this is like the best way to live in my opinion (laughs) nice and, but you also do it in the restaurant, you know, the fire. And it, how is it different in the restaurant cooking? Obviously, you're not sitting around drinking wine and stuff. But, <laughs> I mean, is that passion there for the open fire in the restaurant? Yeah. And it's been really cool to see um, the cooks kind of, like, really embrace it as well. Um, so when we first came up here, like, I'll be honest, I didn't know how to use that grill. Like, the grill at the barn is, um, like, very straightforward, hmm. um, which requires a lot of creativity to kind of get what you want out of it. Um, and a lot of technique and focus. And I thought that was like the kind of grill I'd always want. It's like just right. simple, bare bones. And then you have this grill that has all these moving parts and stuff. And it was, to me, it was more than I needed. And so I would just build a fire under it and I would grill like, you know, I knew how to grill. Right. You know, the more we've used it, we figured out like all it can do. And now we're like, it's kind of ridiculous. We'll have like a trout filet grilling the same time it's like a whole duck is grilling <laughs> yeah. and it's like this takes three minutes this takes an hour and then we'll you know we'll use like uh these grill baskets to grill vegetables and we'll hang stuff over it to kind of just dry it or smoke whatever we're hanging and it's like you have this whole heat source with different all these different things that you can do and it's kind of just like you're a puppet master back there the grill yeah. cook is like you know constantly like tweaking things and just the ability to see someone like cook something that cooks really quick while also monitoring something that's going to take a long time is just the coolest thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, being a grill cook is a tough job anyways, just yeah. getting different temps right and things like that. But you know, monitoring it, it does look cool too. Yeah. I and mean, you got like the herbs up above and you get a whole duck and like you said, fish and steak and stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a big challenge, but I guess, you know, everyone's excited about it. Yeah, it is a big challenge, but, uh, if you have the right person with the right attitude, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, cool. You have probably seen a lot of trends through your years in the culinary world at this point. Um, what do you see as a current trend or a trend that you think is upcoming? That's a good question. I feel like a year ago, I would have had like a definite answer, but over the past year, like 
seen a lot of restaurants um, change their concepts completely. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the best restaurants in the world serving burgers and, you know, everyone's had to get really creative and scrappy and kind of figure out how um, to make things work and also how to please the customer that I think has also kind of changed a lot. So I don't really know of one yeah. thing in particular. Um, I'm really interested to see like how restaurants progress after this. Yeah. Um, I think all trends have kind of been turned on their head right now. What are you looking forward to as a consumer, you know, and seeing, you know, you're a consumer as much as you are a chef and that yeah. when you go out to restaurants again and things are in the, the PC, the post COVID yeah. times, um, what, what are you most looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to going to restaurants and um, seeing them cook really intentionally, like kind of no fluff, like, and I hope this is what happens, but just a very like, we're here to make great food and have a great experience and have this fun and kind of everyone, I guess, appreciating the restaurant and dining experience for what it is, not trying to make it more than that. Or no gimmicks, I guess. But right. Just really like good food. So you think maybe some of the gimmicks have been stripped away? That would be my hope. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I also really hope um, all these conversations have kind of made people think about what they demand of restaurants too. Like everyone wants like fair wages and, and great quality ingredients, right? But then also people don't want to pay for it. Right. And I hope all these conversations have kind of made people analyze what's realistic and what's not and maybe willing to, you know, pay a little bit more for the kind of experience that you're, you're asking for and, and also just realizing like, what it takes for restaurants to run and operate. Yeah. And I think it's, it takes more than what a lot of people have realized. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Certainly it's, <laughs> it's one of the tougher jobs there are. Uh, well, Joey, I want to thank you for your time today and, and talking to us. I hope, I hope, uh, what you think comes true comes true <laughs> and, uh, keep doing what you do. We all really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Blackberry Podcast. Continue following the journey wherever you subscribe. Thank you to our guests, interviewers, and audience. Dive into more stories, videos, photos, and podcast episodes on theblackberrymagazine.com. Make a great day.